I bring you God's grace and mercy and peace in his holy and majestic name. We are focusing on that Old Testament reading for tonight. I invite you to please pray with me. Heavenly Father, as we bend our hearts before you tonight, we ask your benediction on our time in the word, that we might clear, hear clearly the gospel and the message that you have prepared for us tonight, that it's never about us, but always thanks to you. As the scriptures remind us, give thanks to you, O Lord, for your mercy endures forever. Lord, if there are distractions on our hearts and our minds, maybe a sin or something wait, Satan is whispering in our ear, maybe something coming up in the week or something with the Thanksgiving holidays, we ask you to clear those distractions so that in this moment uh, we might hear the promise of God that he pursues us, uh, not, of, not out of our goodness, but the goodness of his son Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. So the question we're going to think about for tonight is who loves leftovers? I know I do. It is one of my favorite things in the entire world. And this is why, for me, Thanksgiving is such a delight. Uh, we come from St. Louis originally, and we got a lot of family down there. So when the Schultzes all got together, we sometimes had three or four different turkeys. We had a normal one, a Crayol butter-infused one, a deep-fried one, and we had side dishes, copious amounts of desserts, and a mountain of mashed potatoes and gravy. And while that was good, my favorite part was the 2 a.m. turkey sandwich. Uh, <laughs> That happened the next day as we got to gobble down that a few hours later, a few days later, a few weeks and months if you froze it later. I love leftovers. Now I know from the nods in this room that some of you do not share my enthusiasm. Uh, that is okay. It is more for me. Uh, but I tell you that to tell you this. I want to frame our time for today by not only saying I love leftovers, but my argument for tonight is this. God loves leftovers. He loves the people that are downtrodden and downcast. He loves the people uh, that have been sitting in the fridge one day, two days, several weeks and months that the rest of the world would snub their nose at. God says, I love that thing. And that is good news because we are the leftovers. Maybe you come to church tonight and instead of being caught up in the gorgeous trumpet and organ for tonight, all you can think of is the leftover and broken reality that at Thanksgiving this year, there's going to be a seat at the table that is not filled. It might be the first time or the tenth time, but it still is a hole in your heart, and you yearn out and cry, God, I feel like a leftover, and nobody wants me. Uh, maybe today you're thinking about uh, dinner tomorrow. Uh, the family and friends that will be there in the potential icy conversations and topics that you have to avoid in the room. Uh, maybe you are someone that says this, yep, I feel like a leftover and no one cares about me because I work way too hard <laughs> for way too little money for people, quite frankly, that don't deserve my respect. And we cry out to God, God, I feel like...
over in the scriptures, constant declaration is God loves leftovers. He loves you. And this is what we get in the book of Deuteronomy for tonight. Uh, Deuteronomy is the fifth book in the Bible. Moses wrote the first five, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And here when we pick up this last of the five, uh, we get this image as Moses talks to the people of Israel. He says, you've had cycles of good and bad, but as you go into this land, remember everything that happened and give thanks. For you see this people of Israel and Moses knew so well that need not only the faithfulness of God, but the idea and the posture of saying, thank you, God, for everything because I'm a leftover and you don't choose me because of how I smell, look, act, or behave. You choose me simply because you like leftovers. There's a story in the Old Testament. It comes from the book of Numbers where God raised up this mighty man, Moses, Uh, Moses freed God's people from uh, slavery and he led them out through the Red Sea and when they were on their way to the promised land, they ran into a supply chain issue. (laughs) Where do you find food for all of these people in a wilderness? So they pray to God and God says, I will provide. He sends them uh, bread and birds every single day. But the days turn into weeks and the weeks turn into months and the people start to grumble and complain. (laughs) They had the posture of saying, God, this is great, but I'm so sick of the bread and the birds that you are giving me. I yearn for what I had back in Egypt. I wish I was back in slavery because at least there I could eat leeks and melons and I had pots of meat and these people grumbled so loud that the scriptures say God's anger was kindled. And even though in that story, for example, God would ultimately go on and discipline his children, it does not take away from this reality that God still loved them. He still pursued them no matter what kind of discipline he would give them. God still said, I love you this day and that day. They weren't forsaken as his people. He encountered them with prophets and kings and and gospel messages to remind them that no matter in this life or the one to come, you are my holy people. And that is good news because you and I need that message again for today. To be reminded that we are that people. You know, sometimes though, it's so easy to lose sight of that bigger picture of God and his message for us. When I was growing up, I was raised uh, in a very strong, rigid, Germanic household. Uh, My dad was a very particular man, and even though I loved him deeply, sometimes we had deep disagreements in which, just like God disciplined Israel, a father disciplines his son. Uh, One of those said times is uh, when he knew that I had a love for music, and he wanted to bolster some of those church choirs. So what he said is, I got a great idea. Jacob, let's get some kids out your age. You'll all get together. You'll, you'll do some handbells. You'll do some choirs. You can get together at, you know, 8 a.m. on Saturday morning to practice with your friends. I was not a happy camper. <laughs> 
I complained and I complained loudly because for someone in middle school going into high school to process those emotions of you can't stay out at your friend's house. If you do, you have to wake up incredibly early to make it there to practice for music. And my dad and I, we went round and round in circles. And I was disciplined. (laughs) Sometimes with applied psychology, sometimes with words of affirmation and rememberings of identity and lectures of who I am. But through it all, uh, my dad never gave up on me. And by God's grace, I can now look back and say, God, I wouldn't have chosen that for my children, but that instilled in me a love for music that I still carry with me to this very day. How is God working in your life for tonight? Maybe you recall some of those parents, grandparents, spouses, pastors, friends that God put in your life And they proclaimed messages to remind you of hope or messages to remind you of the struggles that we have in this life. And even though we might buck and fight and throw off those realities of God, God never pursues, God never stops pursuing us, but he always has a message of hope for us for tonight. You know, this is really what the last story in our scripture reading gets at for today. Uh, Jesus is with his disciples, and it's the famous story of the ten lepers. We hear it every single Thanksgiving because it points us to a God who loves leftovers. As Jesus is with his disciples, he sees a group of lepers coming towards him. These are the outcasts of society. They have a skin condition. There's no doctors that can cure them. And they move around, ostracized from society, but when they see Jesus, they hear of his deeds, and perhaps this man can do something for them. They say, Jesus, do something for us. Have mercy on us. Show us something amazing. And Jesus speaks a simple word and says, go show yourself uh, to the high priest, and you will be cleansed. And at the sound of Jesus' voice, uh, the scriptures say those people had bodily restoration. I can't imagine what it would be like for those 10 lepers. Maybe they ran home without even thinking to go see their their wife, their husband, their kids, their grandmas and grandpas, people they couldn't have seen for so long. But whatever they did after they were healed, the scriptures say only one of those lepers came back and actually said, thank you, Jesus. You know, I'm sure this leper messed up, this one that said thank you countless times before this story in the Bible for today. Quite frankly, I'm sure this leper messed up countless times after the story in the Bible for today. We hear that story of the 10 lepers every single Thanksgiving, and not to show us what the pinnacle of the Christian life is, but the proper response of God's people. That in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of all of our realities, God doesn't give up on his people. He didn't give up on Old Testament Israel. He didn't give up on me when I was a kid. He doesn't give up on you now, and he doesn't give up on those lepers. God loves leftovers, and the good news is this. On the good days and the bad, and our thanks and our non-thanks, God still chooses you. That's the gospel. 
It's a Jesus who comes and says those simple words, go and show yourself to the priest and you will be healed. It's a Jesus who comes to us tonight and says those simple words, you are forgiven. It's a reminder. It's an instantiation. It's an impartation of a new reality where God says he's going to choose you for a 2 a.m. sandwich tonight. That's God. And he chooses you every single day. So my friends, no matter what you come with to church for tonight, maybe it's heavy hearts, maybe it's a struggle of sin, maybe it's a burden that Satan is whispering in your ear, whatever it is, we know that God loves us. Sometimes he disciplines us, but most importantly, we have a constant theme in the scriptures that he loves leftovers. He loves you. So what is our response, O child of God? It's to give thanks to praise him for his holy name, and to rejoice with him forever. May our God always keep us mindful of this. We pray in his name. Amen.